Antarctica is the highest, driest, coldest, windiest, and emptiest continent on Earth. Every year, more than 400 scientists venture there to study everything from astronomy to microbiology. But they can't do it alone. It takes a small army of support staff to keep them all safe and fully operational. The Antarctic Sun podcast is a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes for the National Science Foundation to maintain the research stations and vessels that support ongoing science in the harshest continent at the bottom of the planet. This episode, the Berg Field Center. At McMurdo Station, kind of on the edge of town, there's a big blue building with a neat stack of wooden slides out front. Inside, nearly every inch of every wall is covered in tents or sleeping bags or some other kind of field equipment. This is the Berg Field Center. Today, it's a buzz with activity. There's camp equipment spread across the floor with half a dozen people trying to organize it all. What's most helpful with like climbing gear and stuff, moving that back there? Or? So, we'll end up putting things into this cart. Um, everything can come out of the backpacks and sorted in like piles, and then we'll start putting things in the cart when you're ready. Uh, so this group is doing their return. They're done with their field season, and so all the gear that they checked out from us is coming back uh, to the building, and they are separating it all so that we can check it all back into the system. This is Anna Zajcik, a field coordinator at the BFC. Uh, the Berg Field Center is where all the field camp gear is stored, and so we basically issue everything from tents to kitchen items, stoves, sleeping bags, uh, you name it, we have it. What else do we have? Shovels, um, kitchen boxes full of pots and pans, and we have buckets and um, toilets and toilet seats, everything and the kitchen sink, basically. This is Bija Sass, the field support and training supervisor. She's in charge of running the BFC. The science groups, the grantees, come and basically get all of the uh, camping gear, camping slash some of the climbing technical gear um, that they'll need to safely work and live out in the field. The BFC itself is absolutely brimming with all of this gear. It has to be. Each year, more than 300 people from about 80 different science groups head out into the field and need to be able to rely on their equipment to protect them against the harsh environment. Temperatures can drop as low as minus 40 degrees, with winds as high as 80 knots. So for safety reasons, we need to know that people aren't heading out into the field with substandard equipment. We need to make sure that all of that gear is tested and works well. Um, and that gear is also tested and built in a different environment, so we need to make sure that we test it and build it or create it in this environment to make sure that it's workable in Antarctica. Now, safety is the most important consideration when outfitting researchers and support staff for work in the field. There's a lot of different safety measures uh, that, that we're issuing to various groups. There's survival bags that will go out with folks uh, on day trips and overnight trips whenever they're left anywhere. So there's deep field survival bags and they contain a shelter, a way to stay warm, food, a way to melt water and cook food, um, ways to anchor tents, um, and also extra clothing in case you're, you're needing that. So uh, the survival bags are the big safety safety item. And sending people out with some redundant and backup gear is also key for keeping them safe in case something happens. So commonly everyone gets their own mountain tent to sleep in and then there's group tents and so they're used for cooking and lab tents and so if one tent was to say get 
shredded by the wind or break, um, there's going to be a number of other tents for people to have shelter. It's important because Antarctica is a harsh continent and not at all gentle on equipment. But um, particularly tents get take a beating from the from the winds, the catabatic winds rip down through the from the plateau and and have shredded a number of tents. So they, I think the tents probably take the hardest beating. Also, sleds and cargo bags, um, stuff that's outside and getting moved from one place to another. Yeah, stuff gets stuff comes back relatively beat up. So we we definitely spend a lot of time cleaning and repairing the gear. Anyone who borrows equipment has to take good care of it and help clean and organize it when they bring it back. Part of the process of when they come back to the field and they return all those items is they help us by washing, at least the initial washing and organizing um, of the gear that they used out in the field. Six aspects. What sizes? So we have a database that essentially checks out all the gear at the beginning of the season and then when they return we have to check every item in and see what's missing or not. This is Michael Brooks, a field coordinator at the BFC. He's helping the research team check in all the items that they brought back. Every single thing, it's all broken down into like every tiny, like every battery is issued separately. Organizing all the thousands of items is a huge task and one that's really important. The BFC maintains a complete inventory of all the equipment they have, where it's kept, what's been issued, and to whom. The database is sort of like weird names of items over the years, like broom, comma, whisk. So she yells out what's coming to me, and I type it in. Four signal mirrors. Signal mirror four. Okay. Uh, two UG funnel. A uh, funnel. The screw type. Part of what's handy about doing a two-team on this is Anna knows if things go upstairs, if they go in the back, if they go in the side tool room, if they go next door, if they go to another department. Chair, comma, crazy creep. Um, in the end, the theory is that all this data helps Bija understand what needs to go where, what groups used what. Um, a lot of groups use it for their second or third or fourth or return year to know what they got last year. The center has a lot of equipment, but it's not limitless. The folks at the BFC need to be able to plan ahead to make sure that every group gets what they need and that they don't run out of anything. So researchers start out months ahead of time and send in an initial list of what they think they'll need. Bijou will take the list, review it. And then we go back and forth during the summer to create their final list that, they, that then we document in a kind of final form that says, OK, this is what we're going to provide you they might actually need additional items that they're not even aware of. That final form comes back to the Bergfield Center and the people down here pull all of those things that are on that final form. Every project is different. The BFC will issue a distinct set of equipment depending on where the researchers are going, what they're doing, and for how long. But there are some things that nearly everybody will need. For a field camp, this is this is pretty typical. You'll see the sleeping bags, the tents, the sleep kits, backpacks full of tools and um, water jugs that they would have taken water out in, camp chairs, uh, heater. It's it's a kind of a heavy camping, but it's kind of what you need to survive in these conditions. The folks at the BFC don't just issue the gear. They also have to take care of it and fix it if they see any problems with it while inspecting it. It's pretty straightforward. You're looking for stiff fabric or rips and tears or frays in fabric, um, dents or grooves in hardware, 
that kind of stuff. So it's stuff that anyone could learn how to how to do. Just have to be very detail oriented and and go through everything very very carefully. The McMurdo station is more than 2,000 miles from the nearest shopping mall. So if they do catch a problem, they keep a wide range of tools and materials on hand to mend almost any piece of equipment. But uh, if it's in need of repair, we can we can repair it on the spot. If it's a quick repair, something like a hole in a cargo bag, we'll sew and patch or glue right on the spot. Um, but if it's a larger repair, like a giant rip in a tent, then we will clean it, dry it, and then store it on the shelf for the winter over crew to then take out, set up, and thoroughly go over and repair for uh, the next season. Are you ready? Alright. Car coming up! Car coming up! Uh, so now everything that we've brought up in the cart now comes back out of the cart and distributed to its home. What is the saying? Everything has a place and a place for it. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that a, is that a thing? <laughs> a place for everything and everything in its place. That's all for this edition of the Antarctic Sun podcast, and stay tuned for more. I'll be bringing you more behind-the-scenes looks at how the National Science Foundation gets science done at the bottom of the world. And check out our website at antarcticsun.usap.gov for more news and science from the frozen continent. Thanks for listening.